More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. He's the host of his self-titled radio program, Heard Nationwide. Here's Michael Berry, in for Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Well, it's the most talked about podcast of the past year. Dr. Peter McCullough sat down with Joe Rogan and dropped truth bombs everywhere. He strafed the landscape. It was almost too much for people to handle. And Dr. Peter McCullough. Peter McCullough is our guest. He has a degree from Baylor. He has a medical degree from University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center. He's also a master of public health, so the making of policy is within his realm. He has years of experience, and today, we learned about just a few minutes ago, is his 59th birthday. So, Dr. McCullough, we worked a little something up for you real quick. Happy birthday to Happy birthday, sir. Well, thank you. Did you expect the response to your conversation with Joe Rogan? I mean, obviously he has a big platform, but that was bigger than his Jordan Peterson. That was bigger than Elon Musk smoking a joint on air with him. Are you surprised by that? Well, you know, I told Joe Rogan, I, you know, I don't have a tattoo on my body. Uh, I don't cuss. I don't drink. I don't smoke dope. So, you know, I didn't know if I was going to hit the big time uh, with him or not, but I did go a full three hours, 15 rounds with Joe Rogan, took a picture afterwards, uh, learned that I need to hit the weight room. Uh, but I can tell you, as a doctor, I told Joe Rogan the same thing I told Tucker Carlson six months ago. Things are going wrong in the COVID-19 pandemic response, and boy, his eyes were wide open. Well, you laid it out. I mean, a year ago, you spoke before a committee in the Texas Senate, and you said all of these things, and it was ho-hum. Nobody even paid attention to any of that. 
and and you you called out the vaccine or vaccination is the only path approach. You talked about hydroxychloroquine. Nobody seemed to pay attention. They're paying attention now, though, aren't they? They are. And, you know, no single drug treats COVID-19. From the very beginning, I knew we'd had to use drugs in combination, just like with HIV. People put way too much emphasis on hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. They're valuable, but we use them in combination. Uh, In fact, we need principles uh, that approach basically uh, drugs to reduce viral replication, treat the inflammation, and blood thinners. So we always use drugs in combination. It's use of the combination, which was the innovation. That actually uh, results in about saving 85% of the lives lost could have been saved if each and every person received prompt treatment early at home. And we can identify who's going to get in trouble by what's called risk stratification. We know older people and people with medical problems get in trouble. They need early treatment. That was the bombshell. That's what got the attention that you said it's not just that this is how we treat this. It is that that was, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, that was withheld, that that central messaging, because they wanted an alternative, which was the vaccine. Is that correct? We've gone through two presidents, uh, White House task force, two surgeon generals, all our public health leaders. Nobody stated the problem. The problem was COVID-19 was causing Americans to be hospitalized and dying, and that the solution was get a team of doctors in place to stop these hospitalizations and deaths. It was never stated. It was never stated as nobody could state the problem or an objective in terms of accomplishment. And so when our leaders basically can't state what the problem is, they'll never find a solution. But do you think they want to state the problem? You put it out there, these weird connections between the Gates Foundation, the Wuhan Lab, Johns Hopkins, and the planning seminar back in 2017 about a global coronavirus pandemic, all these related events and institutions that were organizing long before COVID-19 was a thing, it sure starts to look like a conspiracy. I mean, is am I going crazy or is that real? Yeah, I'm not... Uh, the expert in the conspiracy. I'm glad you used the word conspiracy and not conspiracy theory, uh, but there are really good books. And I pointed uh, Joe Rogan to these books. I think the thickest one is Peter Bregan, uh, COVID-19 and the Global Predators, We Are the Prey. I wrote one of the introductions for it. But there's also one by Robert F. Kennedy that's out called The Real Anthony Fauci, Pam Popper, COVID-19 Operation, Diane Andrews, and now most recently, Scott Atlas, about what was going on in the White House. All those books are nonfiction. All of them have very accurate citations. None of them are hyperbole. None of them are conspiracy theory. And people can read them and come up with their own conclusions. Uh, But one of the conclusions many have come up with is that there was considerable planning, whether it was just, you know, ideal pandemic response planning and COVID-19 happened, uh, just happened at the right time or whether or not there was a readiness here that there was going to be a virus and that the, uh, the response was going to be uh, a really comprehensive global vaccination program. Headline, even on CNN just a few minutes ago, breaking news, FDA says at-home antigen tests less sensitive to Omicron strain, which would mean, of course, the at-home test is not very effective. Should people be testing like this for what is effectively the common cold? Well, we're at the point, boy, Omicron just beat all numbers. So our Omicron peak is bigger than the pre-vaccination peak. So if anybody thinks the vaccines are doing anything, take a look at these epidemic curves. It's obvious since we've vaccinated, things are getting far worse. 
And we have more patients sick with COVID now than we've ever had before. Now, the good news with Omicron is that it's very mild and very brief. And I, my phone is blowing up with Omicron cases right now. And 201, they're mild and brief. Every so often, there'll be somebody who needs some treatment. It's pretty minimal, and we can get them through it. I've used just a handful of times the uh, monoclonal antibodies with GlaxoSmithKline, Sotorivimab, which are effective against Omicron, and then some oral drugs in combination. We take precautions, but I can tell you, I've been so impressed with how brief and mild Omicron is. It swept through my family, so I was able to see it firsthand. Uh, people in my house over the holidays, age 5 to age 98, watching them get through Omicron easily. Uh, it does break through the natural immunity, and it breaks through vaccine immunity. But, but those immune statuses may not be a bad thing because the, the vaccine immunity and the natural immunity may make it milder. But even people who have not taken a vaccine and they haven't had it, my experience is so far, it's a very mild illness. And data from South Africa is showing us that very few people get hospitalized, very few people and very low risk of death. And also out of Scotland and also out of Israel. Uh, Dr. McCullough, you have talked a lot about natural immunity, and some have referred to this Omicron as a blessing that will accelerate the end because it's nature's vaccine that you've said, if I understand it, that you're basically immune after you contract the virus, including Omicron, it, it would appear. So this is the best, quote unquote, vaccine you can get natural immunity. The news broke out of the African Research Institute. First author is Khan. It, it appeared in preprint, uh, and it just came out. It was a small number of subjects, but it showed that people who developed Omicron basically had back immunity against Delta. And we know Delta is far more difficult, far more lethal syndrome. And this was uh, amazing information. And uh, the, it explains why Omicron is going to dominate, because Omicron basically multiplies 70 times faster than Delta. And if it actually helps a person form immunity against Delta, that means Omicron is out-competing Delta for more patients. Do you see what I mean? So, so Omicron is going to, in a sense, take over because it's going to block out Delta. So it's the most interesting thing. So here we have a new strain which is competing against the old strain for its own uh, dominance. And by doing so, it's creating immunity against the old strain. And so Marty Macri from Johns Hopkins was on the Hannity Hour last night, basically told America, listen, this looks like Mother Nature's booster. Uh, it's boosting both the vaccinated, the unvaccinated. Uh, it's boosting the naturally immune. And I came out with an op-ed, a brief post in America Out Loud Talk Radio, The McCullough Report, and then Daniel Horowitz on Blaze Media, uh, Marty Macri last night. We all basically are saying it looks like this could be an unbelievable blessing if we could get through this, that this is Mother Nature's booster. Which sounds a lot like what we used to do with chicken pox parties as a kid. Get it while it's mild so you won't when you're older. Is it even really a vaccine in the traditional sense of the word? I'll ask that of Dr. Peter McCullough coming up. I'm Michael Berry, and for Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Classes are back in session here at the Institute of Advanced Conservative Studies. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. (laughs) 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Berry, in for Clay and Buck. Dr. Peter McCullough is our guest. Dr. McCullough, the word vaccine has a very powerful meaning, and words have meaning. Do you think that this is, in the traditional sense of the word, a vaccine? No, because this set of technologies, at least Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson Johnson, their genetic transfer technology programs, they're considered by the U.S. FDA as genetic treatments to try to change uh, genetic actions that's occurring within cells in the human body. So they're not by um, definition vaccines. They, they fall under different biological products. Well, and they've, they've changed the definition before all this. The definition for vaccination read, quote, the act of introducing a vaccine into the body to produce immunity to a specific disease. Now they've changed immunity to protection, which obviously has a different meaning because it doesn't provide immunity. Does that matter? It matters because I think the expectation is when someone takes one of these shots that they're not going to get COVID. And what the new definition says is that they take one of these shots, they can go ahead and get COVID, and now the objective's been changed. There have been some Israeli doctors and scientists who've joined together, and they've said 
to the effect that, hey, these boosters might be doing more harm than good. Do you think that's possible? I think it is because each time one of these vaccines is taken, the genetic material is installed into the body. The genetic material lasts for a period of time. No one knows how long, but it could be months or more. And then they trick the body into producing the dangerous spike protein uh, that came out of the lab in Wuhan, China. And the spike protein then gets deposited in the body. Uh, it depends on where the lipid nanoparticles go, but the spike protein could be uh, produced and then deposited in critical organs, and it does, including the brain, the heart, the bone marrow. And now we know from several papers that the spike protein lasts in the body for more than a year. And so the bottom line is with each shot now, the body never gets a chance to clear out the spike protein. Now we have a dangerous foreign protein installed in the human body throughout critical tissues. So I think without a doubt, there's great concerns that the boosters now are going to lead to progression accumulation of spike protein. And that's bad. Why? It's bad because the spike protein is proven, FDA agrees, uh, to cause blood clots. That's not good, blood clots in critical areas in the body. And then also it's proven that the spike protein damages the heart muscle cells, and that's the reason why the FDA has warnings for both blood clots and myocarditis, or heart damage. Uh, we don't want a protein in our body that's going to damage our organs. I think you mentioned that you've used the Citravimab uh, monoclonal. Why, don't, why aren't we using more monoclonal antibodies? Why aren't we making more? Well, I think we have enough made. Uh, Medical Economics had a piece on this uh, back in November of 2020. It was huge purchase contracts, and, and there's rapid throughput for uh, <clears throat> these monoclonal antibodies. The reason why they're not being used is because our agencies are not uh, advising health systems and doctors' groups to use them, uh, and so they're not given any visibility. In fact, those groups are drowned out with uh, promotional ads and other campaigns to only promote the vaccine. So uh, patients have no access to these. There's no billboards telling patients where to find them. There's no way not 1-800 numbers. Uh, there are no, um, there's no messaging coming down through doctors' uh, systems on how to get patients actively treated. None of the hospitals, medical schools, or major medical centers even have comprehensive outpatient treatment programs. So, you know, the antibodies are fine, but they, we don't go alone. We need to use steroids and anticoagulants and other drugs. In fact, that no single medical center even has an outpatient treatment program for patients. Should we be wearing masks? Masks uh, uh, essentially are uh, something that don't work generally. I'm a doctor. I wear a mask uh, at, at work. I don't mind doing that. Dentists nurses. We've worn masks for years. They're not a big deal. Probably it's courtesy to stop a big sneeze, but they don't stop spread of this virus. It's too small. It's too ubiquitous. And uh, public masking in clinical trials has shown not to work. Does social distancing make any difference? You know, I doubt it unless the distance is really great. The best social distance, by the way, is get outside. Uh, the virus doesn't spread very much outside at all. Uh, studies from Singapore have demonstrated that. That's the reason why we see Americans back at football games and uh, everything else, and we're not seeing uh, outbreaks that are attributable to these public gatherings. So uh, stay outside is a good move. Uh, social distancing inside, uh, I, I doubt that it can make a difference. I think air exchange is more important. You want six to eight air exchanges in any room per hour, uh, and then as much outside activity as possible. I have one minute left, Dr. Peter McCullough. Is Anthony Fauci an idiot, or is he a bad person? Scott Atlas's book, he thinks uh, he's incompetent. 
uh, RFK's book uh, indicates that uh, maybe he's a bad person. Uh, I don't know. I'm not in a position to opine. All I need to say is that we need teams of qualified doctors in uh, Washington leading the pandemic response. We haven't seen that. No, we haven't. Take 30 seconds and tell us what we can do to put ourselves in a better position to fight off this virus. Everybody should have six things at home. One is a bottle of Povidone iodine for $5 online. Make a dilute solution, half a teaspoon, 1.5 ounces, and snort it up the nose, sniff it back, and spit it out. That is cleanses the nose. Do it twice a day to prevent the uh, spread of the virus. Have some other uh, supplements, uh, zinc, vitamin D, vitamin C, quercetin, and an over-the-counter medicine called Pepsid or Famotidine. Have that survival kit and be ready to jump into action when Omicron hits. You're the best, Dr. Peter McCullough. Coming up, Congressman Jim Jordan. They altered his text to say something they didn't. They wouldn't let him serve on the January 6th committee. They shouldn't even be holding committee meetings. He'll tell us what's going on there. I'm Michael Berry, in for Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Sitting in for Clay and Buck today, syndicated radio personality Michael Berry on the EIB Network. January 11th of this year, President Trump awarded Jim Jordan the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the same award that Rush Limbaugh received a year before. Jim Jordan is the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. He was previously the ranking member of the House Oversight Committee. He is one of the founding members of the House Freedom Caucus, and he's our guest. Congressman, welcome. It's good to be with you, Michael. I hope you and your family had a great Christmas and a Happy New Year a couple days early. We did indeed, sir. Um, and you're making the people of Ohio very proud, I must say. Let's talk January 6th. Um, I don't know if you've seen the movie yet, but my friend Nick Searcy made a movie. He was there on January 6th. He's made a documentary, and it's very disturbing to see what's happening. It's called Capital Punishment, the movie. You can find it at capitalpunishmentthemovie.com. But there is a lot in there that relates to you. First of all, why is there a January 6th committee meeting and why are you not on that committee? Well, for the, because Democrats have broken just about any, every precedent, every norm, every principle that our great country has this, this past Congress. I mean, they have proxy voting. They're, they're, they won't let Republicans sit on committees. They, they won't let Republicans be named to select committees. I, I, Mr. Banks and I were in that, that category. They're, uh, they, they spied on the president's campaign. They did impeachment in secret. Uh, they're looking to make D.C. a state. They're looking to end the Electoral College. They're looking to end the filibuster. They're looking to pack the court. They're looking to nationalize elections. And they want to allow illegal immigrants to vote. So you tell me what norm, what precedent they haven't haven't broken. Um, and, and you couple all that with everything they've done policy-wise, which has been a, just a complete disaster. So the only thing they got to talk about this January 6th issue, and I think they're I think they're – they're 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 doing all kinds of things wrong there with with what they did with executive privilege they are destroying executive privilege when two and a half weeks ago they tried to put they're trying to put my good friend former chief of staff mark meadows in prison so uh there is nothing that you can't put past these guys now they're they're trying things that we never thought you would see in our great country um so it's just just the democrats are up to 
Well, I'm, I'm going to hold on Meadows because that, that's a line of questioning I want to go down in just a moment. But they put Nancy Pelosi put two virulent never Trump Republicans yep. on that committee, yep. Liz Cheney and Adam Kinsinger. That seems to be making a mockery of the process. That's partisanship on a level I don't know that we've seen in the modern era. What's been the response of your of your colleagues? How do the Democrats hold their heads up after this? Well, I think the the, the better res- the, the the response that really matters is the response of the American people. The American people see this for what it is. I mean, unless you work at CNN or MSNBC or write for the New York Times or the Washington Post, uh, you see this for what it is. This is a complete partisan activity where you have all Democrats on this committee and then two 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 Republicans who've, who've never been for the president. So um, the American people see it for what it is. And, and the Democrats have to talk about this, though, Michael, because – what are they, are they going to talk about the border? Are, are they going to talk about the right. record inflation? They're going to talk about the record crime. They're going to talk about the the debacle that was the exit from Afghanistan. I mean, you, you, you're going to talk about we went from an energy independent country to now gas prices and 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 are, are where they are up fifty some percent, and the president's begging OPEC to increase production. I mean, you 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 can go any issue you want, and this administration has screwed it up. Even even the COVID issue, which was what Joe Biden ran on. They have completely screwed that up, not to mention what they've done to our First Amendment liberties um, uh, because of, uh, of, their, of their so-called COVID, uh, COVID, dealing with a COVID process. Congressman Jim Jordan is our guest. You've pointed out how this committee is misleading the American public by altering a text you forwarded mm-hmm. to Mark Meadows. For folks who don't know what happened there, explain that, please. I had a lawyer who put together a, a long text uh, to me and then had an accompanying document. Uh, this, is a, this is a downtown lawyer, former inspector general for, for Don Rumsfeld, a well-respected lawyer in town, uh, uh, Naval Academy grad, Stanford Law School, um, put this together. I simply forwarded the text portion of, of his message, forwarded that to the chief of, chief of staff. And, of course, Adam Schiff um, deletes most of the message, presents it as if, it, as if it's a one single sentence that I sent to Mark, changed the punctuation, put that up on, on, on screen as if it was the text itself and said it was from me. So it was wrong on so many counts. But I guess the point is it, th- this shouldn't surprise us with this particular member of Congress. I mean, this is the same guy who told us that we were going to get to hear from the whistleblower. This is the same guy who told us his office had no contact with the whistleblower when, in fact, they did. This is the same guy who told us there was more than circumstantial evidence that President Trump had colluded with Russia when there was no evidence of any such thing because it didn't happen. This is this is the same guy who who inter, uh, started a hearing, read this whole this whole thing uh, transcript from the call, but it was later he had to say it was a parody because he was actually altering the the the, the message. So time and time again he's misled the american people i guess so we we probably shouldn't be surprised but why meadows why go after meadows me. what what what's the strategy is is that to take trump down what why meadows yeah no it's it, because he's the closest guy to the president remember we there, there were three advisors who have uh the closest relationship to the president of the united states national security advisor the white house counsel and the chief of staff and I would argue, and I said this on the House floor, I would argue the chief of staff is the closest. He's, and, and certainly with Mark, that was the case. I, I know the amount of time he spent, he spent uh, uh, in conversations and, and discussions with the president on all kinds of issues. So um, the, the idea that, that that's not privilege is, is just ridiculous. But these, these Democrats, they don't care. They're all about getting after the president. And they said, who better than to go after the chief of staff so we can get to President Trump? And their ultimate goal, Michael, is they don't want President Trump to run. Because they know, in, in light of all he did for the country, all he accomplished with everyone in that town against him, the, and, and, and the terrible record of, of Joe Biden in just 11 months, 
they see what's coming. They see the Republican wave, I think, that's coming in November of next year, and they see President Trump coming in 2024, and they're trying to do everything they can to stop him, so much so that they'll alter documents and lie to the American people. How often do you talk to President Trump? I still talk to him every every week. Uh, it's, it's typical. Um, Mark still talks to him a lot, of course, and, and um, you know, he's a good man. I think he's going to run. And, I mean, you know this, too, and you've talked about this, but – he accomplished more, did more what he said he would do than any president in history, and he did it with every single Democrat in the town against him, everyone in the mainstream press against him, everyone in the bureaucracy against him, and uh, a bunch of Republicans against him. And he, still, and he still got more done than any president, I've, and certainly in my lifetime. So um, that's the kind of guy we want leading, but that's the kind of guy the swamp doesn't want, and that's why this January 6th committee is so out to get him. I'm going to leave the Democrats aside for a moment. Let's just talk about the Republican members of the House. What percentage of them... If to truthfully cast a, a, a vote that no one would see, would vote against him. What percentage of them don't actually like him? Don't actually like President? No, I think most of them do. I think the vast majority do, and certainly the vast majority of Republicans across this country do. Well, I know that, but, but I wonder about members um, of Congress, how many Liz Cheney's there are, how many Kim Singers there are. There, there, not many, not many. Um, I mean, I mean, look, um, there, there are a handful uh, that that are, you know, they're 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 Liz and Adam. I think the vast majority of the Republican Party understands that President Trump has has made our party what it always should have been. I've always said that the, the Republican Party, we're a, we're a populist party rooted in conservative principle, and that's that's where we should have been all along. That was that's 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 just the principle who we are today, and uh, President Trump understands that. He truly loves the country. He loves our military, our veterans, our law enforcement, regular people who listen to your show, who listen to Clay and Buck, regular people who make the country work. And um, that's who our party is. And I think the vast majority of, of Republicans in the House uh, certainly understand that. Congressman Jim Jordan, hold with me for just a moment. I will ask, coming up, will Republicans, when they take back the House this coming November, investigate Anthony Fauci? And I will ask why why Jim Jordan is not talked about as the next Speaker of the House. I think you would you would excite the base if you did that. And a congressman spoke out against the Freedom Caucus, saying that they're actually just grifters and performance artists. The response of Jim Jordan to that, all coming up. I'm Michael Berry, in for Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. New voices, same message. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Junie. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Berry, in for Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. We are honored to have Congressman Jim Jordan, the most conservative member of the House, as our guest. I don't think you'll find anyone to protest that claim. Congressman, um, earlier this month, Houston area Congressman Dan Crenshaw was at a campaign event, and he was campaigning for some other congressmen. But he seemed to take a shot. I don't think he realized he was being he was being recorded. He seemed to take a shot at the House Freedom Caucus. I'm going to play this for you, and I want to get your reaction. Because I've been in Congress for almost three years now. There's two types of members in Congress. There's performance artists, and there's legislators. Now, the performance artists are the ones that get all the attention. The ones you think are more conservative because they know how to say slogans real well. They know how to recite the lines that they know that our voters want to hear. Let me tell you guys something. In the first two years of Trump's presidency, when Republicans were in control, when every single time we were voting on Donald Trump's agenda, who do you think was at the top of that list voting with Trump, and who do you think was at the bottom? A lot of names you would recognize were at the bottom of that list. A lot of names you would recognize were at the top of that list. Number two is it's probably going to make you cringe a little bit. It's Adam Kinsinger. Voted with Trump almost 99%. He was number two. But if it's at the bottom, everybody with the Freedom Caucus, all of them. I'm going to play that last line again because I want to be clear. It, it's an all inclusive statement. But if it's at the bottom, everybody with the Freedom Caucus, all of them. Everybody in the Freedom Caucus, all of them. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, look, uh, Dan Crenshaw is a great member of Congress. Uh, and obviously, has uh, uh, provided a tremendous service to our our country. Uh, I think uh, I think the the members of the Freedom Caucus, which I'm obviously a part of, are great members of Congress who are also serving um, serving our country in Congress, uh, like Dan is, and uh, some of them actually served our country in uniform, as Mr. Crenshaw did as well. So. Uh, Look, I don't think anyone's trying to to be performers or anything else. I think all of us are trying to do what's best. Uh, and and I I know for 
just as sure as I'm talking to you, Michael, that the Freedom Caucus is the group of people closest to uh, closest to President Trump. Um, and I think, frank, frankly, if you ask the president that, he'd probably say the same same thing. So. Um, what, what, I, what I'm focused on is making sure Republicans understand what the Democrats are trying to do to this great nation. I mean, think about, think, think about everything. All, we talked about this in the last segment. All the norms they have broken. Think about our First Amendment liberties. Every, your right to practice your faith, your right to assemble, your right to petition government, your freedom of the press and freedom of speech. Every single one of those has been assaulted. And Dr. Fauci wants to keep doing it, and he wants to make it even worse. So that's what I'm focused on. And frankly, I think that's exactly what Kevin McCarthy has been focused on, which is which is exactly the right approach and uh, has brought our party together better than any leader we have had in certainly my time in Congress. And I appreciate that, Zach. And that's what um, that's what I'm going to stay focused on over the next uh, ten and a half months as we get ready to take back the House of Representatives. If Kevin McCarthy asked you to serve as Speaker of the House, would you do so? Uh, he, Kevin McCarthy is going to be the Speaker of the House. I think we are going to take it back. Now, look, we should never get overconfident about this election, but uh, and we should bust our tail. And I know you got that same attitude, and conservatives across this country have that attitude. We should bust our tail, work hard, go campaign hard, and win this thing back. But I think it's going to happen, and when it does, uh, I think Kevin McCarthy is going to be the Speaker of the House. I think that's the right call. And what I want to do is I want to be, Lord willing, chairman of the Judiciary Committee, which historically has been the committee most focused on protecting the Bill of Rights, most focused on protecting your First Amendment liberties, and we have seen anything but that from Democrats. And so what I want to do is, if I get the chance to lead that committee, is return the focus to that and do the type of investigations that have to happen so the American people get the truth about what's going on with the Democrats, particularly what, what Fauci did with gain-of-function and the lab leak and everything else. That's one of the first inve- investigations House Republicans should do. If, in fact, we get, uh, we that get the majority. That was my question. If the first thing you would do, or among them, would be to investigate Anthony Fauci for the gain-of-function research in Wuhan. And you're yes. saying, yes, that is a commitment. Your book... We have to do that. Which is yeah, out we now? Have to, let me just... Yep, yeah, right. me, if I could real quick. We have to do that. I mean, our tax dollars went to this place. Dr. Fauci knew on January 31st, 2020, he gets an email from Christian Anderson, who also was receiving our tax dollars. One of these virologists getting grant money from, from the American taxpayer. And he gets an email from Christian Anderson to Dr. Fauci, January 31st, 2020, almost two years ago. And that email says, virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. That is a fancy way of saying this thing came from a lab. And what has Fauci done since that? Every chance he gets, he downplays the lab leak theory, downplays the fact that it was gain-of-function research going on over there with our tax dollars. So we need an investigation to fully show the American people exactly what he did. I want to get to your book in just a moment, but Joe Biden this week said there are no federal solutions to the virus, which I'm happy to see him giving power back to the states or pretending to. How do we get rid of the mandates short of the Supreme Court ruling? Well, the the, the Supreme Court's going to take the case up here in a few days, so that's that's a good sign. Um, and I love to hear that the, the president say that, you know, yeah, we would love a Ron DeSantis solution. Uh, you know, the state that the, the Florida, what Ron DeSantis has done, some other governors have done, they've taken the right approach versus this, this federal thing. And you're exactly right. The key takeaway is if, if it's not a federal, if there's no federal solution, then stop the federal mandates, for goodness sake. But Fauci's going just the other direction. He's saying, oh, now you're going to have to have a vaccine to get on a domestic air flight. I mean, th- this is crazy where they want to take it. Um, it's, again, underscores why we have to elect Republicans and why we need President Trump back in the White House. 
your book, which came out November 23rd, Do What You Said You Would Do, Fighting for Freedom in the Swamp. What are the doable, actually accomplishable items that you can get through if we win back the House? Because as you know, a lot of folks are frustrated. They feel like things don't yeah. always get accomplished when they should after they worked hard to get people elected. Yeah. So we, two, two main avenues. One, we have to pass legislation that Joe Biden won't sign, but we need to pass it to show the country. If you give us a Republican president 24, this is the kind of stuff that we will get passed. Great example would be take away the liability protection big tech companies have, so-called Section 230. Pass that. Send it to the White House. Joe Biden will, will, will veto it, but show the country we're committed to doing that and other things that we fix the wall, fix the immigration, fix the border, do the security on the border that needs to happen, get rid of catch and release, pass that legislation. Joe Biden will veto, but show the country, draw up the framework and the contrast for the 2024 presidential campaign, and then do the investigations. In addition to the Fauci investigation, gain of function and, and lab leak, uh, instead of, in, in addition to that investigation, we need to, we need to investigate the Department of Justice. Yes, we do. Congressman Jim Jordan, thank you for being our guest. Coming up, the only way to fight CRT, critical race theory, is to beat them in the courts. The man who is bringing the cases, he'll be our guest. I'm Michael Berry, in for Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 